0: This is episode 111 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and I'm joined as usual by my co-hosts, Mr. Jonathan Haves and Mr. Brad Brown. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today?
1: Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be here. Glad to be in the studio, ready to have a fun convo with you guys. It
0: is almost the end of the school year. My kids get out of school next week, Jonathan. I would imagine yours does as well. We're on the same school system
2: <laughs> then then i'm gonna i'm gonna venture to say you I are would correct. assume
0: <laughs> uh, one one could make that assumption oh
2: yeah, no yep school year wrapping up uh tonight where i I know that. I was about to say, tonight we're going to the Barons game. It
0: really won't matter tonight. But you. it won't Doesn't matter. matter
2: as you're listening to this. We will have already gone to the Barron's game. But I'm excited about it anyway. There's going to be like 70 Shades people there. It's
0: actually kind of a big rivalry, the Huntsville Trash Pandas.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I hear that Huntsville mm-hmm.
0: actually, the last time they were here, I think this was Jeff Stalkup that was saying this, they brought they were like Huntsville fans. Dude. At the Barons game, you know what I we should do. Think it got a little heated. Wow,
1: S- since I the, would
2: imagine since this is kind of like becoming an annual thing of Shades going to a Barons game. Uh huh. We should uh we should contact uh old Andy Wolf who pastors that uh EFCA church up oh, there. In oh, maybe a little oh church softball game. Get get him to bring bring some of his people down. Brad, have a you, little Brad, EFCA
0: competition. Brad, you can't <laughs> play a softball game at a baseball game. What are you talking about? I don't.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> makes no sense. I was thinking like a whole (laughs) evening thing. You know, you play the game, (laughs) then then you (laughs) go to the game, you yell at each other because you've already yelled at each other on the softball field because there's no such thing as a church softball game where someone doesn't lose their temper. This sounds exhausting.
2: It really does. Anyway. We're
1: well. going to
0: have a good time tonight. We're going to eat some hot dogs. They're $1. That's yeah. what I'm excited about. It's
2: going to be great fun. Try
0: That's right. i f- to try to feed my family
2: for under
1: $30. Hey, JM, speaking of an album, what do you got this week? Oh, my J-M's word. What? what kind of a transition was that? I felt like we were devolving. <laughs>
0: Arcade Fire. Their new record. It's awesome. It's called We, W E. It's their brand new record. Just came out a few weeks ago. This song is called The Lightning Part One. Man. This record is really, really cool.
2: Dude, I I need to tell you what happened in my brain through that musical intro right there. I guess I can now. I was (laughs) going to let you keep talking about the album. I just didn't want to forget
0: well i like this record it's a bit of a concept album it's got some nice threads of uh really just this commentary on kind of the age that we live on this technological age the digital age and sort of just things that are happening within our culture uh throughout the country and so there's just a lot of commentary on a diverse uh you know array of topics but I I really enjoy the record a lot musically I think it's it's pretty you know it's pretty standard fare I guess for what Arcade Fire brings which is just a massive sound they have so many people in their band multi instrumentalists and multiple vocalists and so when they play it's just a force to be reckoned with. There's just so much happening on stage. It's like 11, 12 people. Yeah, a lot and, of emotion. Oh, uh, so much emotion, and they're just making a huge sound. Just a wall of sound. I saw them live at Sloss Fest a few years back, and it was, it was completely insane. I mean, they were just, they were like,
2: so intense. It,
0: it was just so insane. So I, I really like this new record. Definitely check it out. Let me know what you think about it. What were you gonna say? Jonathan.
2: Dude so go back and re-listen to that intro y'all that the little piano run at the beginning like just made me go straight to like Gloria Gaynor's survivor oh like and then the acoustic came in strumming like it did I'm like is this Mumford and then the keys came in I'm like no this is from the 80s I was, I was so confused I'm digging it though.
0: Yeah, dude. It's really good. Arcade Fire.
1: Yeah. So intense. I was in a band that would play Wake Up. It was a really popular song that they did. And every time we would play it, we would always get a huge reaction. People would be singing at the top of their lungs. So much.
0: So much. much Didn't didn't they play
1: SNL recently? Mm -hmm. They
2: did. Because I was a cool performer. Who was hosting? Was that. Oscar Isaacs? Isaac. Uh, Isaac? Benedict. I think it was Benedict. Oh, was it Cumberbatch? Cumberbatch, Yes, because I just remember his introduction. He goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, two of my favorite words: Arcade Fire."
1: (laughs) Amazing.
0: I hope somebody has a book today. We'll see.
2: I just feel the need to say that that was not me attempting to do a British accent for Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: Hello, friends, fans, followers, and welcome to another edition, episode, segment, section of Bradford's Book Club. I am very excited about the book I'm recommending today. I've been wanting to recommend this book for a long time, and I chose it in the last few seconds. It was really coming down to the wire. But the book that I'm going to be recommending today is a book by Sam Storms. We all know Sam Storms, not on a personal level, but as an author. I was about to say you made it sound like we're buddies <laughs> who like just hang out. Yeah, he's cool. I know Sammy. Yeah, we've interacted with some of his work. Well, he has a little book titled The Language of Heaven, Crucial Questions About Speaking in Tongues. Jonathan, do you have any questions about speaking in <laughs> tongues?
2: So many questions, Brad.
1: How about you, John Mark, with your charismatic upbringing? I read the book. I loved it. Oh, John Mark has read the book. Well, there you go. A second recommendation from JM's Album of the Week.
2: Have you read the book, Coming into
1: Bradford's Book Club. I have read the book (laughs) in its totality, 272 pages. So read it and weep, Jonathan. I haven't read that one, but I've read other books. I only read like seven chapters, I think. I'd recommend D.A. Carson's Showing
2: the Spirit. That's a theological exposition of 1 Corinthians twelve to fourteen.
1: That's a great book as well. That's a good one. We as could well. throw that in the recommendation. I didn't want it to sound like I hadn't read a book on the topic. No, no, it's good. It's good. But
2: no, I do. I have this book, and I do want to read it. It's on my, you know, shelf of a couple other thousand books. Yes. that I, I should read.
1: <laughs> That's right. So this is a question that, yes, I imagine many of us have. Excuse me. This is a topic that I imagine many of us have questions about. So let me read a little bit from the back cover. What does the gift giver say about the gift he gave? This book will help you overcome the arguments, fears, and anxieties related to this gift. Can't imagine why anyone would have anxieties or questions or concerns about the gift of speaking in tongues. But in all seriousness, uh, in this book, uh, the author shares his personal testimony and spiritual journey with speaking in tongues. He examines the history of this gift in the church for 2,000 years. He interacts with those who have denied that this gift is valid for today's church. There are those Christians that make that argument. And he speaks about the relationship between spirit baptism, spirit filling, the gifts of tongues. Few other issues have separated the church more than the issue of tongues. Sam Storms focuses on the controversial subject with his signature insights to theology and gifts of the Spirit. What does the gift giver say about the gift he gave? So one of the things I appreciate about Storms is whether you agree with him or not, he always seeks to ground his arguments in the scriptures. He always uh, has a close eye to the church's history and how the church has thought about th- uh, the subject that he's writing about and its its history. He engages in the church history. He reflects theologically in a thoughtful way and is always very practical. So please check out this book if you have questions about this topic of speaking in tongues. The title is Language of Heaven, Crucial Questions About Speaking in Tongues, by our dear friend Sam Storms.
2: Oh, great recommendation. Love it.
1: I concur. All right.
0: Well, before we move on, we have one more thing that we need to do. Gas prices are on the rise. Lodging is out of control. Flights have increased by 30%. So I thought instead of going to Somewhere far off to some far off distant land, we yep. could just stay right here for today.
1: That sounds nice and take a quick trip down Damn. to the corridor. Wow, that was great! Oh,
2: yes. So, you know, uh, we've been bemoaning the fact that the email corridor has been a little empty as of late. To and put it lightly, apparently our voices have been heard. Yes, so, uh, we received. An email this past week. Um, And I'm just going to go on and read it. It says, I thought the email corridor needed some love. I don't know why. I don't know why she would have gotten that impression. It's not like we were begging. Uh, I thought the email corridor needed some love. Congrats to Brad and Jordan for their mostly Jordan's pregnancy. (laughs) That's right. I agree with that. Uh, JM's new album release. Insert self promo here.
0: Yes. Thank you
2: and Jonathan's pour-over mug acquisition. Yes, let's be honest, that is the greatest accomplishment out of all three of the things that were just listed. You know, Brad's having a kid, JM's releasing music, (laughs) but I'm glad that what I'm known for over here is I got my pour-over mug. I mean, believe it
0: or not, it is hard to get people to do things, and (laughs) you somehow managed to get 10 people to sign up for a newsletter. Yes, I did. I mean, it is very
1: impressive. Yeah, harassment is the word that comes to mind. (laughs)
2: Oh, she goes on, uh, in reply to the question concerning why babies are aged by months until two years of age, she says, from a physical therapy perspective, there are important developmental milestones that are met in certain months of the child's life. So I'm speculating that the months are used as a way to better classify development in the earlier years when a lot is happening. However, I personally do still say, one-year-old instead of 12 months old. Ha-ha. <laughs> Not enough coffee to create a clever closing, Rebecca. Wow. P- no. Wait, wait, wait. There's a P.S. P.S., oh. are there dates set for the farmer's market this summer? We'll get to that question in just a second, Rebecca. But first of all, thank you for emailing us.
1: I love being corrected. Yes. We it, will admit when we were wrong here on Shades Midweek. That's right. And and this, is, I mean,
2: this is the content you're here for, people. You exactly. come – to shades midweek to learn things, <laughs> deep things, and I am—I know you say you're speculating, Rebecca, but until I hear a better argument than this, this is what I'm sticking with for why we talk about babies and right. months.
1: I learned something today. Yeah, that's right.
2: The more you know. Anyway, uh, yes, <laughs> the, the email quote so no, <laughs> that was appropriate. <laughs> uh, but to answer your PS question here, Rebecca, yes, there are dates for the farmers market this summer. It happens every tuesday evening
1: i believe at five thirty.
2: yes we we're, we're saying this off the top of our head we should have looked first um you and can it go goes
1: through june and july
2: yes so uh it'll be starting next month uh you can um go to westhomewood.com uh and you'll get all the information there about uh the farmer's market or uh i believe they have an instagram
1: yes they're uh, on all the social media platforms. Yeah, on all the social
2: media platforms, I'm sure they're posting the specific details uh, and all of that. But yeah. yes, there are dates. There is info out there for the farmers market this season. So definitely, definitely go check. Yes, them. That's
0: right. Westhomewood.com. Follow them on Instagram at Westhomewood. Tuesdays, at 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. June, July, and the first Tuesday
1: in August. Like according I said, to
0: their Instagram.
1: 5 p.m. Okay? Like I said. So you can get
0: all of the information. You can go to their, follow them on Instagram. You can go to their website uh, and check everything out there.
2: That's awesome. up. thank you for emailing. Everybody else, you can email in uh, midweek at shadesvalley.org. And you may want to after our episode this week because uh, we were able to sit down and record a special interview. Uh, this week with some of our missionaries that were visiting with us this past Sunday, shared a little bit in service, but really didn't, you know, and one of the disadvantages, uh, I mean, it's always cool to get to hear some from our missionaries on Sunday morning, but I mean, obviously we, we've got the full service and all of that. So we don't get to hear near as much as we would like to. So we brought Ross and Lane Lackey in to, uh, to share more about what God is doing in their ministry. And if you don't know anything about it, stick around because they start from pretty much the beginning Of the story. So, without any further ado, here's that interview. So, this week on Shades Midweek, we are very excited to have with us uh, some missionaries that we support out of Shades and who were members of Shades when I first came Ross and Lane
3: Lackey. Yeah, that was a good transition. It was hello, goodbye.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that that's the live studio audience. Y'all didn't know we had a had a live. It's a good studio looking audience. bunch. I really so, I mean, yeah exactly. Very diverse. Yeah, they're fantastic.
3: Energetic, on <laughs> cue.
2: <laughs> so so y'all have been on the mission field for a decade now, mm-hmm. um, wow. and so there's going to be a lot of people that uh, listen to this who are going to be like the Ross and Lane who, mm-hmm. um, because they've come to Shades over the right. last ten years, yeah. and so why don't we start out just by yeah just by way of short introduction. Mm-hmm. So tell us just a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, maybe how you ended up at Shades yeah. ten years ago. Ooh. Your
1: your entire life story in yeah, just a few in minutes. In like thirty
2: yeah. seconds. Great, yeah, great.
3: Yeah. Lane, do you want to take that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Our goal Lane today is Lane, Lane just right shook right her head. Yeah, by yeah, the our way, goal for is those to get that... Lane to talk. <laughs> this is an audio medium, okay? <laughs> Uh, the video would really make this even better That's as, right, as we'll work on that As she slightly, slowly just slides away People to believe she's here <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, Just man.
3: breathe a little louder every once yeah. in a while
4: There'll be a question There oh, we there go okay.
3: <laughs> Alright, okay So I will start I think right about the time that we got married is. I think it's a good place to start Go for it Okay, so <laughs> both of us uh, separately Move to Portland, Oregon and me doing the architecture thing, Lane was doing industrial engineering, she was working with Nike and Columbia, kind of the, the two urban professionals. And when we met, there was all these words about, you know, God is doing a new thing. Both of us coming from, you know, uh, non-Christian families, uh, I think on my end, there was a lot of brokenness, a lot of things. And when we got together, we were at a church where uh, there's just a lot of people pouring into our lives. It, it just felt like discipleship crash course, where you know I would meet an, an older gentleman that has a family, and he'd just be like, "We need to meet." It's like, okay, and he would just pour. and And Lane had the how same long, thing going. How on. How long
2: had y'all been believers? Like, if you didn't grow up in a Christian family. No,
3: no. So, so I I came to know Jesus my freshman year of college, and then Lane was just after college. Wow. So I was 18, I think you 21. were 21, 22. That's awesome. And, yeah. and then we kind of break out into this life where we've just accepted Jesus. We're super excited about who He is. Uh, I thought that was an excuse at that point to get out of architecture, because it's like, well, let's let's just go be a missionary, because what, what does architecture bring to the table compared to knowing Jesus and walking in that life mm-hmm. that I had experienced? But God kept, you know, for me personally, it was, nope, that door's not open. And part of my story is actually getting over the lie that that my past disqualified me from being effective in the kingdom and being a part of what God is doing. And that was a lie that I had to kind of walk with the Lord with and have him actually convince me of it by by allowing me to walk with him in ministry, which is... um, I think something that still kind of takes me back a bit that I was so... And I think a lot of us have those lies. It takes sometimes decades of walking with the Lord to mm-hmm. really have Him go, do you believe me yet? Right. Um, yeah, so so we're both there. We're doing youth ministry with our church, and that was actually how we met. And where is this, by the way? This is in Portland. Uh, Portland. Yeah, so we're we're downtown working with a really diverse group of high school kids, just really loving it. I mean I think half the people at her wedding were the high school kids.
2: Meet as youth volunteers. Oh. The old the
3: old youth volunteer yeah. meetup. Yeah. Yep. And there for the teenagers, <laughs> stay for the romance. <laughs> Yeah, there was quite a celebration after we, we kissed for the first time at our wedding. And then, and then all, it was like all the youth kind of knew. So they all just jump up. Woo! It became a party. <laughs> That's it was awesome. a good time. Um, so we spent about five, six years in Portland, youth ministry, got married, had our first kid. And then God called us back to Birmingham. And it was this uh, this... You say back to... Back to because I grew up in Birmingham. I went okay. to Hoover oh. High School, uh, went to Auburn. Uh, Lane was a little further away. Auburn grad down there. War Eagle. War Eagle. There go we go. Uh, and then Lane's a Florida girl, so she spent most of her time in Florida. Went to college at Georgia Tech. And what, what
2: part of Florida?
4: Outside of Tampa.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. So somehow just we... just trying
2: to pull Lane into the yeah, conversation. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll let her pepper in those really kind of <laughs> sexy details. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Color commentary, lame lackey. <laughs> All right, so, so, so move we back to Birmingham. We're back in Birmingham, and I think we, we both still had this dream of utilizing these skills, talents, education that we had in a kingdom way. Mm. Um, so that everything we did always had this bent of God, how are you preparing me? And then God, how are you using me and the people that you're bringing into my circle? Um, you know, for me, architecture was I was working with high-end residential. You know, and and what I realized was, for many of our clients, it was the only time that they let somebody into the inner workings of their life mm-hmm. because they wanted them to design them a great house. But it gave me the opportunity to have some pretty, like, heart-to-heart conversations, mm-hmm. trying to understand, like, how do you in your marriage, how do you guys interact? You know, what does your day look like? Um, who comes home first? Who gets up first? Who takes a shower first? And trying to, and it's the first time that they started sharing some of these things about their life, and it would go to some pretty deep, mm-hmm. often dark places. So it turned into a lot of talking about their marriage, and less about talking about a house, wow. and and that wow. was a, a you know a beautiful little picture of what all of our vocations give us a platform to meet with people in real ways, uh, and and Lane at this time no now we've got one two and then three kids here in Birmingham so us coming to Shades was a Uh, gosh, we're a brand new family. We had one kid. We had more on the way. And Shades was this place of, I think, just invitation. We had people just saying, hey, this is a safe place to come and learn and be vulnerable and be open. Mm -hmm. And we saw families living out life um, not behind a fence, not behind a wall, but being real. Uh, I was having a conversation with a guy recently just about, what is your understanding about being an image bearer of God? And that we realize that through this conversation, your answer to that will define how you interact with almost everyone in your life. If, if the image bearer means that you are perfect, there's this uh, kind of false perfection that you will project. Right. And, and having that answered biblically actually allows us to engage with people well, being vulnerable, being transparent, trusting that, you know— because it's a huge risk. You know, when you put your life out there in front of someone else, you can get hurt, you can get judged, you can get all these things. But trusting that God is actually that's how it weaves us together. And that was shades for us, was that example of how are people doing that and living it out in real time with real lives, with real problems, real struggles. And and it, it was I think it was like We had not experienced yet before. We had come from very, maybe charismatic, very kind of outward spiritual. um, And Shades was a blend of the outward spiritual with the outward reality that Mm -hmm. kind of came together in this really beautiful way that I still see today, um, you know, when we come back through. Yeah.
1: What year would y'all have come for the first time?
3: We would have been here. Ish. (laughs) I know it's hard to
1: remember.
4: Probably December of 06.
3: December of 06. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we were here 06 through So was Shades in
2: the building yet? Yeah. Yeah. story 06 w- is right about yeah. that time. Yeah, I was, like, I was
3: actually telling a guy yesterday that when we showed up, the picture of Shades, in a sense, was a bunch of guys kind of on their knees, kind of hunched over, like they had just run a marathon. Because <laughs> it was a lot of the church had just, Completed this building, the building. Oh, yeah. and it yeah. was a church member, like weeknights, weekdays, weekends. Yeah, doing this with volunteer labor, a lot of it. Yeah, we've had and members, they were exhausted.
1: We've had members come on and share about people leaving during that time, and they were like, "Yeah, they just wanted to go to a church that had a building. <laughs> that was their <laughs> only. That was their only desire at that point. Well, like, and it I demanded think, a lot from the body.
3: Yes, yeah. and I think people looked at us like. Oh, fresh,
1: fresh! They're not tired. Fresh meat. Please come help. Would you like to volunteer something? Speaking of the image of God, fresh meat is on the scene.
3: Yeah, so that's that's wow. how we got here. That's how we saw shades, and really why we invested so deeply when we got here. Um, and it, and it wasn't a, a, you know, I think it was a it was a church. Kind of member-led ministry was the way that we saw it, um, and it doesn't. That doesn't mean that that doesn't say anything about the pastor. It just said that the people were doing the ministry. That mm-hmm. the people, when they came, that's what they experienced. Yes, someone's teaching. Yes, someone's leading worship, but the people of the church were engaging with the people of the church. Mm-hmm. Whether you were a member, whether you just showed up on Sunday. You know you would you'd have questions asked of you you would have somebody want to get to know you you would be invited back right
2: yeah it's just awesome to hear you talk about that because like so uh we or over the last i don't know how many years we've tried to give voice to like some of the things that are at the heart of mm. shades and so we have four values that we talk about and one of them is member-led ministry oh so that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we talk about like
3: literally those words yeah. what's funny is i've never heard that from the pastor, like right. from the pulpit, right? Right, right, here. right. Yeah, that's that's great.
2: Um, and yeah. then, uh, and then just even you talking about people getting pulled in, mm-hmm. and like I can tell you stories from this Sunday, mm. like this Sunday, about somebody who was here for the first time, got grabbed at the coffee bar. People are asking questions, getting pulled in. I show up at a lunch after service where I don't know who's going to be there except for one couple. It was there last Sunday yep. at Shades. And so I was going to lunch with them. There's a group of people there, and that person was there. It was their first Sunday, and they just got pulled right along and all that. So it's just so cool to hear you talk about that and, and yeah, just reaffirming kind of those things that are a part of the DNA of Shades.
3: Yeah, I think we ended up at Al's our first Sunday yep. with yep. a group of people.
2: So so you get to Shades, and you're here for a couple of years. Now, remind me, did – um. The, the Hudsons, were they still here? Had they left yet to start 100-fold? Oh, no. they were here. they were
3: here. They were here. Okay, so and, there were and,
2: several architects that were a part of the body here.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Dungan, mm-hmm. I know, uh, John Hudson, myself. And really, that was the connection through the firm that we worked at. We were all at the same place. Okay. Um, and you know, that, was, that was a whole other story of here's a, when I first came to town and was interviewing without the family, you know, I had, you know, lots of offers coming from Portland and bringing kind of some unique skills with sustainability and green building, stuff like that. And, you know, there was, there was a clear money winner and there were, there were right. clear, and, but then there was this outlier of like we prayed and God said, hey, you know, this one that you really don't understand why you would go there, that's where I want you. Hmm. And, it, and it trumped all the other, like, what would people usually kind of put on their metrics of how I'm, make, how I'm making a decision. Right. And God has done that in our life so many times. It's short story. Go for it. We're, yeah. we're in Portland, so this is the transition to Birmingham. And you know, in, our, in our flesh, we go, okay, we feel God, God kind of leading us back to be closer to family finding a, a place to invest a little more in our family, extended parents, brothers, sisters, things like that. And so we make a list of all these cool Southeast cities. Bum, bump, bum, bum, you know, everybody's like Chattanooga. And, you know, right, right, right. some of these, these fun ones that, you know, were good urban design, had good access to water, good access to uh, public lands and recreation areas were pretty outdoorsy. And of course, we submitted it to the Lord. Like, here are the ones you can choose from. <laughs> like, narrowed the, it down for him. Yeah, like like any Helpful. good Christian would do to help right. the Lord out with right. his decision making. Oh. And and both Lane and I went into this this time of hey, let's let's take some time, let's pray separately, let's make sure we hear from the Lord. Because one of the beautiful things about marriage is that that God you know promises to never divide. So that when we go and pray, it's like we're always going to operate in unity. If we're not hearing the same thing, we keep praying. Um, so we... So i was about, what, a week or two? Oh, gosh. I tried to get her to talk. Uh, <laughs> and and I heard really early on a city that was not on the list. It was actually one of the cities that we had said, well, we definitely don't want to be there because it's too close to one family member and it prioritizes one. And, and Lane's praying, and praying, praying and praying, and and we finally come back together, and we both had the same city that was not on the list when we came back. It's and awesome. we were both like, d- like scared to come back to the other. <laughs> like, gosh, I'm gonna be this outlier, and you know, you have this one that's on the list. But of course, no. Wow. God, God looked at that list and said, "That's so cute. <laughs> Look at them trying." Uh, and that's that's how we ended up in Birmingham. Is we both got a very specific word that that Birmingham was really where we were supposed to invest and you know that turned into our relationship with shades it turned into our relationship with you know the architecture firm I ended up with uh with the Hudson's and then you know eventually back in 2012 to you know packing up now a family of five we showed up a family of three and Yeah. yeah and left to Montana did five months of a a discipleship training school we were in thailand for two months as a family yeah and that was 10 years ago yeah wow
2: so i showed up in february of 2012 <laughs> meet y'all i'm like oh here's this cool young family they've got kids right about our age you know this is awesome and
3: we're gonna be great friends <laughs> right
2: right a couple months into meeting they're like hey
3: <laughs> we need to
2: meet we need to talk <laughs> uh, Lord's it's not us. you, I promise. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> no. So, um, so, yeah. So, when I showed up, by that point, the Hudson's had already started 100-fold, yep. which uh, I think most people who are listening are going to know that that's a nonprofit mm-hmm. architecture firm that uh, seeks to, uh, both to train uh, mm-hmm. young architects, showing them how they can use architecture for yep. kingdom work, and then to provide uh, architecture work for mm-hmm. mission organizations, mission projects around the world. And so, that's originally how y'all end up getting pulled mm-hmm. that direction for using architecture uh, in mission um moved to Montana then after we you know 6 months after I got to know y'all <laughs> moved to Montana <laughs> and worked with hundredfold for how many years
3: that was from 2012 up until 2020 i think it was about april or april of 2020 yeah
2: and since april of 2020 <laughs> yeah uh God has just continued to multiply. I, I love the fact, you know, even just the name hundredfold, and implies mm-hmm. God multiplying kingdom work. And absolutely, He's continued to multiply that kingdom work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you stepped out and started. Uh, is is the official name just partner, or is it Partner Architecture? Partner Architects. Okay, Partner yeah. Architects.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what we realized back in 2019, 2020 was just really a a. A differing path in what God had called us to, right. Uh, and John and Sam, you know, had this beautiful vision and you kind of and it developed over time because I think in the beginning, uh, when we first started, it, it felt the same. Uh, and I think God refined over the years for them, really a focus on, like you said, the architect and combining this this faith and vocation mm-hmm. together. Right. Um, so having projects that are local, like they run a, a winter studio for for older architects, uh, not just older, any architects that sure. are out of school. They run a summer studio for the younger architects and then take on a lot of local Montana projects to be able to do a lot of hands-on training yeah. for these younger interns. Mm-hmm. And, and really... Sh- Because the thing that most people don't understand about architecture is it's a very liberal, I would even say anti-God kind of discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, there's very few Christians. So the beautiful thing that they're able to do is to you know take the one or two guys or girls that are in an architecture school that just feel so isolated and just feel like they're just kind of boxed in and excluded and to bring them within a community. Um, that can start to say, "Hey, not only can you survive, but you can thrive." Wow! Uh, and and then I think it branched out and started heading more into, like, gosh, why don't we give that to the people that are out of school? And that was h- how Winter Studio developed. Awesome! <laughs> um, and you know, for for years we did that together, where you know I was running the architecture side of Hundredfold, uh, and they were really running, the, you know, the kind of the the ministry, the business, the programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really weaving together this tapestry of uniting Christian architects um, that were primarily just out in firms operating, um, but what we realized as as it as it went along was that really where God had called me was more project focused on the mission side. Right. So so when I started Partner in 2020, you know this this kind of tagline of design for missionaries by missionaries came out of uh, a bit of a know a, a just a, a process of of walking through with some coaches and some mentors of what is God really saying what is God really leading you to and the big thing that that I felt called to was in underserved areas of the world where uh, people are taking the gospel, building the kingdom, how do we give them the professional skills of architecture to go from oftentimes lease spaces or Spaces that are way too expensive or take way too much to, to maintain, and to give them spaces that empower mm-hmm. their work. Um, kind of the mission statement of partner is that we partner with ministries um, to create places that support God's redemptive work in the world. So even the word partner is, a, is about kind of partnering with ministries, partnering with God, and, uh, and seeing them flourish when we give them spaces that empower their work, mm-hmm. uh, so we're seeing that in multiple countries that, that God's blessed us with projects and people to support. Um, you know everything from you know a lot of a lot of YWAM campuses where it's mission training uh, to you know anti-trafficking groups that are focusing on community development to create uh, trafficking-resistant communities. Mm-hmm. And obviously, at the core of that is a is a personal transformation. So, you know, that's one thing that as partner we're saying, well, you know, we're not just going to work for NGOs or nonprofits. Like we want to be working with the people that are changing hearts and minds, uh, because that is the the critical kind of linchpin right. that holds everything together. You know, there's some wonderful NGOs out there doing great work, but how 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 does it last? How does it, you know, the fruit that lasts when we're not changing hearts? I mean, the great example is there's a whole bunch of NGOs that are working in Haiti, and they're trying to figure out just kind of basic trash collection. Mm-hmm. There was one village that had been, had, that the gospel had just really just taken over. They'd kicked out their witch doctor. Uh, they had uh, built their own church just as a collective effort. And then these NGOs come in, and you know, there's multiple villages over you know probably tens of miles in this one area in Haiti, and they implement a trash collection service, and it works for about a year, and they come back about five years later, and there's only one village that's still doing it, and it's the Christian village. Well, why is that? Because there are biblical values that, that infuse the heart of each person that says, you know, I, I can take some small steps that better my neighbor, and it's, it's kind of within my worldview to do this. And it's, it's, I mean, that's just a small example of what happens when you take a heart transformation and you apply kind of a good system is that it can actually work.
2: Right. That's awesome. Well, we want to ask you, uh, I want to spend the rest of our time really focusing in on mm-hmm. partner architects and no. kind of hearing some stories about things y'all been involved in all that. But before mm-hmm. we do that, Yep.
3: Oh, is this the surprise? Part? Yeah. Oh, it's custom. <laughs> it's
2: customary with everybody we do an interview with. We uh, we do a little thing that we like to call the lightning round. Wow. Oh yeah, you're just blown away. Wow. That's the right. The lights just dim by the, the lightning production bolt level here
3: across the studio. It's incredible. You can't see it in this recording, <laughs> but there are clouds over us right now. We've talked. We've talked for a while about how we want to make the lights flash, but you know, that's
2: right. You have
1: entered. The lightning round, willingly this, this or unwillingly, is for fun. you are here. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you guys some rapid fire questions, all right? And you have a few seconds to answer. So whatever comes to mind first. Are we going to go back and forth? Oh, yeah. Let's totally. go back and forth. You, uh, respond. Are you ready? It's just going to be a variety of different questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you think you guys are ready?
2: We're ready. First questions for Lane. Yes. How do you like your eggs?
4: Scrambled.
3: Scrambled. Over medium. I like it.
1: All right. If they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you?
2: That's one of the harder ones. I don't think Ross watches movies. We established before the podcast that he doesn't listen to music. He doesn't know what music is.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see his answer. Movie about your life, who would you want to play you? I think I
3: know who would... Lane. I was about to say, or y'all can do yeah. it for each other. Do the opposite. I was
4: picking Reese Witherspoon.
3: Oh, oh that's what I was going to go with. Very oh, yeah. solid. Okay. Well, we have, Good answer, right Who's playing you? Uh, I, the guy that I get the most. What's his? Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, no. Uh, no. I can see <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. He just needs to grow a beard. Yeah. He I'm the to... bearded Freddie. <laughs> I don't even think he's acting anymore, so he's perfect. Because there will never be a movie made out of me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> never say never. Okay, if you were a type of animal, what would you be? Wow, I know. We save the deep serious, stuff for now. Serious stuff here. <laughs> oh, they're deep. They're thinking. Lane is.
2: There's, there's like charades, hand <laughs> signaling going on. Yes. I don't know. You can just say it. You can think out loud.
1: That's what. Part of the what thought. animal comes to mind?
3: I, I would go with a dog.
4: I was about to say, I want to be a dog. No, yeah. specifically, hey, You can
3: both I, be dogs. But specifically, I think you got to be a golden retriever. I, no, no, no. I'm a Catahoula leopard. Oh,
4: That's our dog. Yeah, oh, that's
3: our okay. dog.
1: <laughs> All right. Next one, good answers. Your house is on fire. You have just enough time to run in there and grab one inanimate object. Don't worry, your loved ones and pets have already made it out safely. (laughs) What's the one thing you're going to save from the blazing inferno?
4: Well, I'm super practical, so I'm gonna go for my folder labeled important items.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Important docs. I know exactly where you're going.
2: Forget the family pictures.
1: (laughs) Forget. (laughs) Just
2: make sure we have their birth certificates.
3: Yes. No. to deal with insurance. You are so practical, and that's why why we work. (laughs) (laughs) So I would go. I'm grabbing two things. One is the, the 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 letters that she writes to our kids. Oh, like she almost does it weekly. Just She's letting of, them burn. Well, I'm not. That's why she has me. That, that, and the um, the letters she wrote me. I think every week or every day. Every day. Before we got married, while we were engaged, just kind of, kind of writing what God was doing That's in her heart. Mm.
4: Oh, How did you one, leave babe. those?
3: But I, thank you I for know, getting the important How She just I'm let, not let it burn
4: on the spot. I'm not good at this. It's good.
1: Okay, you can have dinner with one person from history, all right? But we're excluding the Bible.
3: We're excluding Jesus. We're
1: excluding, yes. We're just taking that off the table. So mm. anyone else from history, dead or alive, who would you want to sit down and have dinner with?
3: So they can't be in the Bible. If correct. they're alive, correct?
1: You, can
2: you accurately say from history?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I will further reflect on that. Hmm.
3: Who are, are you having dinner
1: you with? Having dinner with?
3: I, I think I'd have to go with Martin Luther. I, I oh. think Martin Luther. Here,
4: this is weird. I, I was going to say Martin Luther's wife.
3: Wow. Whoa.
1: Oh. That's it's a happy. double date. You guys. <laughs> Catherine, isn't Very it? Very impressive. Catherine? Yes. Wow. Catherine. Man.
2: Would be a bombastic <laughs> dinner right there. Yeah. Well, that I'm audience
3: cuts of off so quick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, it's like they're all trained. looking at each other, and then yeah. stop.
2: they they're they're very well trained. Okay, first celebrity crush.
4: Oh, I can do this one. All right, all right.
3: Oh, yes, I can too. John
4: and, Knight from New Kids on the Block.
2: Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. Now, if you remember the previous part of who would celebrity play Reese Witherspoon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it all connects it, it's all connected yeah. <laughs> it's all connected
3: alright uh, last Halloween costume oh gosh
4: we don't, I here's hate. what's
3: sad about this I'm having to go back to like being a kid yeah yeah I, well, oh no no, no. that's oh, not okay, I got sad that's actually okay no, here you go. So the it, last... It would be more sad if you're like, so last year. No, I have, I have a photo of this from college. So it was the Beaux-Arts Ball in architecture. So you, you everybody... Yeah, we totally yeah, know what goes that crazy. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. So since you know, I dressed up as a kid dressing up as a superhero. So it's like underwear on the head, tie around, <laughs> um, uh, like swim goggles over That's your awesome. eyes. That's yeah, like a sheet off your back. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah.
2: that's fantastic.
4: The last time I remember dressing up was in college and I was Penny from Inspector Gadget and oh. I, and I actually had my dog brain with Brain me. Oh yes.
2: We're talking well, about my love language well, now. Flashback. Oh man. Remember some <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Go go sorry. Well, this is really getting to the
3: core of who we are. That's who right. This is really people. important yeah, stuff this here. This is
2: why this is why we do what we do. Okay. Hard hitting journalism. <laughs> all right. Now both That's of you. Find both here. of you
1: have to answer this individually. What's the fastest you've driven in a car? Not
2: a motorcycle. Now, time for vulnerability. No, yeah, I, 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 we wheel can inclu- vehicle.
1: Counts. We can include motorcycle or bicycle.
3: Okay.
2: I got a I got a bicycle story from my memories with Ross. <laughs> You were laid up, Lane's, like, Lane's that's, pondering. That's what happened right after, right after I met him. She's thinking back he got to her fastest car. you've
3: ever been in a wheeled vehicle.
1: She's thinking back to her drag racing days, for well, sure. Well, the number
3: of cars she's wrecked, flipped, rolled.
4: Hey, now. <laughs> we can edit all that
3: All before out. me. All before me. I brought Actually, stability.
4: I should tell them to listen to this after I tell the story. We The the Dittmers, John and Sandy Dittmers, uh-huh. yeah. let us borrow a car one time when we were visiting.
3: And we drag raced it,
4: and it was—I <laughs> did not know how fast it was, and I was—I was probably going 110 without even knowing.
3: Ooh. Wow! That—that yeah. that shows you how bad our vehicles are. That you can get in a new car and just do 110—it hasn't started shaking yet, <laughs> like That's ours does how we at know 60. There's down. no smoke I know, or anything. I know.
1: Yeah, I love that. All right, so Ross, true. Um,
3: motorcycle. Fastest wheeled vehicle. I had a buddy that had a Ducati. Oh. And well, actually, he had a buddy that had a Ducati. <laughs> <laughs> and that we would take the Ducati out. And this stretch right by the Galleria over here, I remember one afternoon, it was, yeah, taking off. I think I got to 140. <laughs> Woo! And Woo! then I started realizing that e- any little movement of my head was moving the bike. Yeah. Holy like cow. pulling it right and left. Nope. Nope. So I the, the Galleria went past like really quick, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was at whatever the, the Hoover High School exit was really, really quick, quick as well. I, you know that
1: might be the fastest speed we've no, had I, I was on Shades say, Midweek. I, was say, I think yeah that is
2: the fastest speed
3: we have yet gotten. So, so this is the dumbest
1: person we've <laughs> ever had on the podcast.
3: <laughs> oh
2: well, that's all I have. Do you have okay? Any more? I've got one more to end on that. All right,
1: go. Okay, so you're about to die. Sorry about that.
3: (laughs) This went down quickly.
1: (laughs) What is your last meal?
4: Oh, we would agree. That's
3: easy. Sushi. (laughs) Sushi. Sushi. Wow. Uh, A a particular type of sushi? No. Is there a Uh, role you're going for? Lane likes sushi so much. We're at the Seattle Fish Market, and she sees salmon getting pulled off the boat. They have her – she asks them, can I get it this way? And they're like, yeah, sure. So we walk away with a bag with cut up chunks of raw salmon just wow. right off the boat to market. Like, and man, she they ate, ate that. Just, oh, yeah. it was good. That was early in our marriage and I realized what I'd married.
4: Yeah. You, no, you <laughs> now, just knew you loved me. At that yes, point.
3: that's true. Now, I do you y'all make that. sushi at home? Or do you y'all are walking away and they're like, is that lady a seal? What's <laughs> happening? Oh, <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> oh my so, word So we do live in Montana That's right we Don't have much fresh fish yeah. No yeah.
3: So it's a it's a delicacy
2: That we get uh, Every once in a while I see. Do you yeah, have sure. I, I'm curious Now I know It's been a decade Since you've lived here But did you have A favorite sushi place In Birmingham Mmm I'm not claiming we have amazing sushi. I, I can't just say there's a good. There's not a good
3: sushi place in Birmingham when we were here. So
2: if you would like to try one, and I'll take your opinion on it. Uh, my personal favorite okay. is Okinawa here in Homewood. Got it. Okay. Got it. My, and I don't think it's that old. I didn't have no. it until like
1: a no, pretty new. A year or two ago. Yeah. So,
2: so our our favorite place. But I'm also a sushi wimp. Well, so I don't I don't like I don't venture far beyond my few very few things that i know that i like so so if so if don't any of the, the shades
3: people are ever traveling through portland oregon there's a place called saburo's and it all is right. the best sushi we've ever had uh, unless you're going to japan and getting it like sliced off the fish did yeah, you watch the, okay did
2: you watch the documentary jiro jiro dreams of sushi did you not mm. see that document no i did all not. of you need to go watch it was on netflix at one point and it's about a man that his entire life is dedicated to the craft of sushi nice. in this one restaurant. It's like the most expensive sushi restaurant in mm. uh, Japan, I think. Like, you don't even order. You walk in, and whatever he makes you eat.
3: Yeah. Wow. Well, I our like sweet, that. Our sweet spot off. is good sushi, good quantity, Lower price, and that's, that's where right. Saburo's fell in that ah, perfect yes. little so I band. Think, I don't think Jiro would fall in there. No, no. <laughs> yes, he 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 outpriced the missionary sushi eaters <laughs> early in his career.
1: All right, well, you guys have survived yeah. the lightning round.
2: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> we got we got we got a fair amount of answers out of Lane.
3: I like it. That's right. Yet the one word answers are her go to. So. <laughs> Any of those, I'm going to send over to her. Well, zeroing in for just a little
2: bit here on Partner Architects, which is what you do full time now, correct? Um, Y'all, you've told us a little bit about what the mission is. Mm -hmm. Share just a little bit about some of the projects y'all are either currently engaged in Mm -hmm.
3: or maybe hoping to be engaged in, just to give people a flavor of like what it looks like on the ground. Yeah. So, so right now there are three active design projects we've there's two that are under construction and then there's three active design and then there's about four or five that are just in queue right you know kind of waiting until there's time for the you know limited amount of time I have to work uh to meet yeah so gosh how do we how do we start there
2: I think you, one of the, you don't have to go through all but you can just pick yeah, whichever so one the you
3: three like. that are active right now, one is with an amazing group uh, called freedom's promise and and their goal is to stop trafficking um, wherever they are uh, they've they were working in Myanmar, uh, we now are working on a full campus um, in Poipet, which is right on the border between Cambodia and Thailand, and Cambodia is an um, an amazingly beautiful place, beautiful people. Uh, but the problem is is that you know, they just came out of the, the Khmer Rouge genocide, mm-hmm. uh, very young population, uh, obviously third world, and it is a praying ground for traffickers. Wow. And not, the way that traffickers typically work is it's not you know they're not coming in and stealing children or people in the middle of the night. A lot of times they are very um, kind of charming people that, that speak well, that seem trustworthy, that will come into places in desperate situations. A lot of times it's not that they're, sometimes people are bought, sometimes children are just given with the promise of education. Uh, some people right. willingly go because of the promise of a job, uh, a promise that they'll be able to send funds back to maybe their family. And, and that's how people get from you know, maybe their village to a larger city. Mm-hmm. But what happens at the border crossings is that these trafficked people get across the border, and then all of a sudden the traffickers strip them of ID, of any kind of uh, like a passport, any way that they could get back home or identify themselves. And as mm-hmm. soon as you cross an international border and then you're, th- that stuff is stripped of you, you become dependent on the people that are you're with to meet your just basic needs. Right. So that is how trafficking typically occurs. So if you can go into a community like Freedom's Promise, and they have this six-fingered kind of ministry uh, where they go in and they're addressing things like, obviously, biblical training and sharing the gospel, but also vocational training where they can get a job, uh, providing education, uh, having a clinic— uh, having a restaurant where you know, people can work and it can also be a, a, a hub in the community, uh, you know a sports area that draws the community together that they want to create trafficking resistant communities. And they've already done this in Myanmar and then they're coming into Poipet and saying we, we, we've got leased spaces, but we want to pull it all together and really invest in this community. And they can point to communities in Myanmar, where you can go in and be like, oh, this just seems like a nice village. Well, this used to be where people would come in and they were regularly taking children and women mm. out of this village because it was such a desperate situation. And now they're not. Right. Well, exactly. partly because of their own education, partly because of their own stability. Yeah. And it's not something that they have to um, stay in that place, even. It can be something where, you know, they're continually bringing people through and maybe they, they've focus on a new community from a central location. Right. Yeah, what were you going to say?
4: What kind of thing, what kind of buildings and things do they have on that campus?
3: Yeah, all those things that we listed. So, we've got, you know, a, a relatively small campus and there's a 500-person school, there's a housing area for staff, there's a restaurant, there's a clinic, there's a church, there's a sports field, and trying to do that on a small site is kind of the the sweet spot for an architect of trying to say, hey, "How do we do all this?" With minimal investment in the land, but maximum impact and output in terms of how we can serve this community. Right. So that's that's one of the projects we're working on. Uh, another one is an and, offshoot. And that's one of the ones where like construction is underway. Oh yeah, the fence is up. The guardhouse is going up. Construction documents are being issued next month for that's the awesome. school, and then we'll just it gets phased where you do a building at a time and you just move through the whole project. But they'll start utilizing it as soon as that school is built. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the next one is an offshoot of, if you remember the, the YWM Batambong project, which was a, a big one that, that we did with Hundredfold. Um, and, and that took, gosh, I guess we're about 10 years into the process from when we first partnered up with that group uh, all the way through. So that when I was with Hundredfold, that was one of the main projects that we were working on. Uh, and then what's happened is it's grown so fast and so quickly that now there are, they're shaving off parts of their ministry and saying, hey, you go start another one in, in this town or this city. And one of them is Pailin, and Pailin is a place where there's virtually no Christians. Mm. Uh, so a group of, I think it was f- seven people from Badenbong left and started a new ministry in Pailin. So we're actually working with them now They've been there for a couple years, and now they're saying we're ready to grow into our own facility. So we're looking at something similar to Bong where you know there's there's a big multi-purpose building, big worship center, uh, housing, and then a big school building where they can run classes on everything from farming, Old Testament, New Testament, discipleship courses, uh, evangelism, leadership, uh, and just giving the local population there a place to be invested in. And we talked about early in the podcast what that was for us early in our life mm-hmm. and how that set us in a completely different trajectory because of the investment people made in us. And that's that's what a campus like this in Pi and Lynn is able to do is to come in and and take some of these young people that have a heart for for the Lord, that have a heart for their community and give them the tools to be successful. And that doesn't mean they're going to always stay with YWAM and you know just multiply YWAM. It means they may go start a business. Right, it means they right. may go uh, and become a contractor. Who knows? But that, I mean, one of the big things we talk about in, in the mission world is, is the spheres and these different spheres of society that for there to be that tipping point going towards where um, cultures become biblically infused and you start to see transformation is not when it's just, oh, there's churches on every corner, but no, there's people living in these different spheres of society and influencing within their sphere to see biblical concepts, biblical values, biblical life lived out.
1: Mm. Well, I think what's so cool is I hear you talk, and this is such an obvious statement, but for any of these organizations to do their work and to continue to do the work, they need to have spaces. (laughs) Yeah. They need to have yeah. good spaces where they can do this work, and so often it, they're limited in what they're able to do because
3: of the resources mm. they have. Yeah. I mean, the way that I, I explain it a lot of times, you know, because architecture is a bit of a, I think, especially in America, it's kind of an elite thing. It's like, oh, well, the wealthy get it, or the big business owners, or if you're designing a city, an architect may get involved. But we all live in houses, and we've all lived in houses that didn't work for our families. We all lived in houses that are like, oh, this little part right here is a really, this re- really affects our family in a really positive way. Uh, like when we designed our house, um, we, th- we thought about like, what do we value and how does the house actually reinforce and support those values? So for us, it was really tiny bedrooms. So you've got a place to sleep that you're, you can feel safe and you can have uh, some security, but it's not a place where you invite your friends. It's not a place where you hang out, that there is a family space that is a little larger that you, you can find your own space within that, because we really value that, that family time. So, you know, there's one room that's kind of our, our kitchen living area, and that's where the kids do homework, that's where they hang out, that's where they work on projects, that's where they cook, that's where we eat, and we do all that together. And, and that's based on the value. So you can imagine translating that to a ministry. You know, if, if your ministry is um, discipleship of young people, you know, where, where does that happen? And how do we have that happen more? You know, Are we going to spread everybody out where they're in their own spaces and they kind of zoom in on Monday through Friday? No, we're going to make the best spaces the places they want to be and, and where they will be with others so that you get not just discipleship happening in the classes, you get discipleship happening organically in the places mm-hmm. that people want to be that brings us together mm-hmm. you know, in, in kind of a community sense.
4: Also, you talk about how places can glorify God. Oh, absolutely. Their beauty and how they show people worth. One of the things I loved in Cambodia is because if you maybe have um, a disability, you were reincarnated that way, right? You came back and God's judging you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they wouldn't have ramps. They would would have steps. And if you were disabled, you just couldn't get into a certain building. Mm
3: -hmm. It's part of the price you paid for your you know, maybe your past life. Right. Yeah. yeah. And wow. So,
4: so even thinking about things like putting ramps in to show value to people so that everyone can have access, which we think is like, yeah, duh. Right. But for them, that speaks mm. volumes. Yeah.
3: It's a great mm. point.
2: Well, as we, as we come kind of to the, the close here, what are, what are ways that we as shades can be partnering mm-hmm. with, with partner, partner yeah. with partner. Yeah. <laughs> partner with partner. Um, uh, things we can be praying for, or other mm-hmm. ways if people want to uh, support financially, mm-hmm. or,
3: you know, or, or yeah, what are the ways we can partner? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest things, and, uh, and I've communicated this I think several times, but is that there's a much greater need than there are people ready to meet it. There are so many ministries that are ready to take that next step to their own facilities to have custom design spaces that really work for them, you know, for, for a lot of them, the funding's there, the vision is there, you know, the precedent of, you know, how have you been doing your ministry is there. They've been having success and there's just not enough professionals to get them from vision to reality, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I love that, that hundredfold is a part of that, that transformation, that partner architects now is a part of that. Uh, even groups like EMI, Engineering Ministries International, they're a part of that. Um, but I think the sad thing is that's about it. You know, and and the architecture profession on a whole, you know, they have vision of you know one percent would be going towards pro bono work, but a lot of the times their expertise is in very developed areas. So where do they do their pro bono work within developed areas? Making that transition to developing countries, or even, you know, Christian mission groups or ministries, it's just not on their radar, and they don't have the skill sets and the knowledge to be able to do that. So it really means full-time professionals that are honing their craft to be able to serve in these unique locations with unique cultures, unique economies, and to serve them well is, is a just a very, very unique skill set. And I think across all of the, the groups that I just listed, you know, there needs to be more. There needs to be more people. There needs to be more organizations. Um, yeah, there's just a great need. So, so if you're a person in that position where you have uh, that specific skill set, contact one of those organizations. Figure out which one fits what God is calling you to. If you don't have that skill set, which is most people, what skill set do you have? How can you be a part of the Great Commission, both locally and globally? We live in this amazing time. You know, how long have we had you know, video chat that really worked? Right. Maybe two years? You know, I'm looking at Skype three years ago, and it was a struggle. <laughs> you know, how long have we been able to get to these locations on high-speed jets? 30 years, 40 years, where it's feasible for just an average person to travel, and you look in the scope of history, go back and back and back and back. This is the first time ever. So for us, we actually get to have those conversations of, God, how could I use what I have now? That's why we're in the call-to-all phase of missions, because we all have access to this amazing work that God is doing locally and globally and and all of us just taking that second to go God is there a place for me in that what what can i offer and i have honestly not met a person that doesn't have a skill set that can be used to see god glorified locally and globally mm-hmm. is yeah. that is that broad enough yeah. I, no no yeah, yeah yeah
2: no that's that's awesome um if people want to get involved uh, specifically with partner, mm-hmm. like um, what what are what are ways we can point them to? What if
3: somebody wants to give financially? Yeah, to
2: help support partner. How do they do that?
3: So partner architects is under the umbrella of Mission Builders International. Um, one of the things that Mission Builders International does, which is a YWAM ministry, is that they place volunteers. So you can actually, as an individual, as a couple, as a family get connected through MBI and their volunteer placement program and learn where the needs are globally and then go and volunteer in a location where they will cover your housing and your food and you can go serve. Hmm. Now, if you want to do like a unique skill set type thing, then MBI is a great connection. Just to say, I have this skill set and we're looking at ways to place virtual volunteers where you don't even have to go. Um, and then on the funding side for partner, um, obviously we fundraise as missionaries and that is all goes through Wyoming Montana. So Wyoming Montana has a website. You can go on there, um, say, I want to donate, select Ross and Lane Lackey, set up a monthly. And that is amazing for us. You can also give through mission builders international and that covers our kind of corporate side. So, that would be travel. That would be software, hardware, things like that. So it's really clearly separated into those two pools. Mm.
4: Also, Shea or Scott Ledbetter would be able to hook them up.
3: Right. right, right, right. Absolutely. So, no. know, does Partner
2: uh, have a website where people can find more information and keep up with what's going on?
3: Yeah, so it's just partnerarchitects, with an S on the end, .org. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll put
2: links to... Mm-hmm. All yeah, three of great. these sites, and Montana, MBI, and yeah. Partner Architects.
3: There's also uh, what's upcoming for Partner, just to be looking out for. We just released two videos, one that is uh, kind of an about us, why do we exist? And you can just find that on YouTube. Just search up Partner Architects. There are two videos that'll come up. One is the about us. The second one is talking about, really quickly, the four projects that we went and traveled to uh, this past March. Uh, and then the future of partner is really trying to multiply uh, kind of the knowledge and the experience that's been built up over the past 10 years into a format that all missionaries have access to. So we just finished recording six training videos for ministries and missionaries that will have access to through our uh, Thinkific website through MBI, but also on YouTube, where they can search those up and say, hey, I'm thinking about a project, what are some of those? first things I can do to make sure I'm making good decisions going forward. Because what I typically... What typically happens is that I get the call after they've done something wrong. right, right Or something right. went terrible, or they spent money and it went bad, and they, and somebody goes, well, you need to call partner. Uh, and then I get the call that's kind of like, oops, I did this, sorry. Right, right. So if those resources are out there, we're hoping that ministries will use that to make really good decisions starting off and and have a a confidence in the decisions that they're making for their ministry about land purchase, about fundraising, about zoning, about, you know, even programming and what do we really need to, uh, build. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Final thing. What is, uh, one way we can pray for partner mm-hmm. and
3: one way we can pray for the lackeys? Hmm. So I would say for partner, it is finding those connections to people that really have a heart to use architecture to serve in missions mm-hmm. because that is, that is all we do. If it's n- not building the kingdom, we don't do it. Um, and, and that is a very slim minority of architects that really have that as a calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we believe they're out there, and it's finding those connections. Because I know you know, if, if partner didn't exist and I was here, that would be something that would be a big, like, gosh, I just, this is how I feel like I was made. And I believe that now there's a place that people can walk that out. Right. So, finding those people, connecting with them. If you know someone, you know, just let them know that it exists. Call us up. What else? So
4: you thinking? I was just thinking, for our family, uh, we live in this I don't know, beautiful, amazing, wonderful place that is is really kind of dark. There's been Mm -hmm. numerous suicides in the past year, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just really heavy um, for the community and especially for our children. Mm -hmm. Well, not especially, but it affects our children. So that would be definitely something just to be praying for our family and for our kids Mm -hmm. as they, they walk that out and try to make sense of that.
3: Yeah, and like many parents, I think, like us in this room, that our kids are going through things that we didn't go through. Right. And and that's hard for us, being able to minister to and care for our kids. It's also hard for them because they have that out of you don't understand, right. and it is legitimate. We do not. And that is a divide that the enemy could definitely use to to divide us from our kids. Mm-hmm. and And just really being prayerful about that as as Christians, but also for just the world and the culture that we're a part of right now, where there is a distancing generationally between parents and children. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for,
2: for sharing all of that. We'll definitely, I mean, obviously we love y'all and we'll be praying for y'all. Um, thank you for taking time. We know you've got very limited time when you come to Birmingham. Mm. Um, <laughs> You've got very limited time. You got family here. You got lots of other people to to see. But we just thank you for setting aside time and coming in and talking with us. Our pleasure. So thank you. Well, thank you for uh, having hopefully us. Hopefully, it hasn't been too painful, like. Lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> we'll I'm not have a spontaneous s- person. This is difficult. But <laughs> <laughs> thank
3: you. If you could send me all of your questions, and I'll script out my answers. <laughs> right, right, be right. Better. Right. <laughs> Right. No, well, It'll get, feel very natural.
2: Just so like everyone that. knows, uh, we were just planning to get coffee, and then I threw on Ross. I was like, hey, That's we drew right. this thing called Shades Midweek, yeah. and it'd be great yeah. for yeah. people to get to hear more of y'all's story. <laughs> Why don't we just record our coffee? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, sorry, Lane, for the <laughs>
2: spontaneity.
1: That's right. And if you have any questions for the lackeys, feel free to shoot us an email, midweek at shadesvalley.org. We'll get those questions to then because here at Shades Midweek, you're part of the conversation.